Hello and welcome to the Henrietta Christian Fellowship Podcast. The notes for the sermons featured here can be found at our website, henriettacf.org. Also, on Android or iOS mobile devices, you can find them on the Uversion app. Just click on search for live events and enter our zip code, 14543. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. If you don't mind, I already asked you if you'd mind so that I wouldn't embarrass you, but I'm going to use you in in the sermon as as an example of what we're talking about when it comes to being overcomers. You know, because, you know, know, in in order to keep serving, in order to keep doing the things that God, you know, has for us to do, you know, there's this something that that God calls us to be called being an overcomer. Uh, It means that um, at that moment when we certainly would have an excuse to not do the thing that God has for us to do, we're going to do it anyway. You know, it's that militant kind of stand up to life, uh, you know, thing that God calls us into. And he doesn't just call us in and say, hey, go get it, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, he equips us. You know, he fills us, you know, with what we need, like the, 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 the uh, um, first aid kit analogy here. He gives us what we need so we can be these overcomers. All right, so I just want to begin uh, just by, by, by just giving this to you. And by the way, uh, in, in spite of the fact that she will resist it, please give Sarah a hug and, 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 and bless her, you know, after service, okay, and Connor as well. But this is Joshua chapter 14. All right, it says, now these are the territories uh, which the sons of Israel inherited. All right, it works, good. All right, so I wasn't sure, we, I never do PowerPoints, okay, but this is just sort of an exception because there are a lot of visuals here. All right, so these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel apportioned to them for an inheritance by the lot of their inheritance as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance to two tribes and the half tribe beyond the Jordan. Okay, so just so you can kind of get a picture here. All right, you got, see that, that little black line that kind of goes up there, up to that little lake up there? That's the Jordan River. All right, so you got two and a half tribes on this side of Jordan because that's the direction they came around. Then they had to cross the Jordan and then go in and fight. And, and so the guys that were going to get land over here were told, you got to come over here and fight until we get all this land. All right, and so, so you, you got, you know, some of the tribes here, two and a half of the tribes there. All right, and so Simeon kind of out in the wilderness there by himself for some reason. But anyways, uh, some land just was kind of hard to get, and I guess it took a while for them to get it. But Judah, you know, is there, and Simeon's in the middle of it. And so you see all this, okay? And uh, let's see. Where is Hebron? Okay. This is very fuzzy. Ah, there it is. Down there in Judah, next to the Dead Sea, you'll see a little thing that says Hebron. Maybe you can't read it, but it's right. It's there. Trust me. Okay, and so we're going to talk a little bit about some of this. And then something's going to come up that's kind of interesting, and I think it really, you have to understand, this, you know, celebrating these two people with the 10 years and preparing the sermon where things were completely different in my mind. I had, it was making no connection until this morning when I got here. I realized, oh, they're my sermon illustrations. <laughs> How about that? You know, because God does that stuff. All right, so it says here that um, for Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe beyond Jordan, but he did not give an inheritance to the Levites. Levites, okay, didn't give one to the Levites, all right, and why? Okay, because their inheritance was going to be the Lord himself, and they were going to receive, like all the sacrifices that they brought to the the sanctuary, those guys ate well, all right, okay, so anyways, plus they they had land given to them for cities and for their flocks and everything. 
But it says that uh, for the sons of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they did not give a portion to the Levites in the land except the cities to live in with their pasture lands for their livestock and their property. Thus the sons of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded Moses, and they divided the land. There are times when they say they did just as the Lord commanded us. You will find that there are some things here where they didn't do it quite the way God said, because he said they were supposed to apportion it according to the size of, of, of the tribes. And that part somehow or another got lost in the translation. But nonetheless, they divided up the land. The sons, then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him. Now, Caleb and Joshua are the two that, somebody knows. What, what was different about Caleb and Joshua in, in, in this, this whole mix here. What was, why, what, why do we t pull them out as different from the whole rest of, of, of everybody? They came out of Egypt and? They were the two spies. How many spies were sent? Twelve. And how many were the good spies? Two. And they were? And because why? They had a good report. That's right. Because you have to understand, they went into this place um, to look and they said, just so you know, the sons of Anak are there. And they have fortified cities. Now, I mean, uh, I have, so here's yeah, Caleb and Joshua having their conversation. I went looking for, you know, something, that, you know, so just, you have to understand, there's some great, big, nasty guys in that, in that place that are giants, all right, and they're saying, and, and plus they got cities that match their size, all right. Now, if you ever want kind of a, a fun moment and realize there is no scientific, uh, you know, stuff to really define all this for us, but just go out and look online and see the things that people have put out there about how big were these giants. I mean, because we don't know is the answer. There weren't a lot of them. And, you know, from that saying, well, if, they, if there was giants, we'd have found their bones by now. Not necessarily. You'd be surprised how many bones we have not found, okay? Because, you know, based on what we know, we have found, like, you know, a, a needle in a haystack's worth of, of, of evidence of what actually happened back in these days. But notice, they're big, scary people. So they all come back, and, uh, and ten people go, Are you kidding me, son of Zanuck? They got four or five cities, and there's just no career like grasshoppers in front of them. We really can't fight those people. You know, and two are going, hey, look, God told us to go take it. It's ours. Let's go get it. All right, and that was Caleb and Joshua. All right, so Caleb is now going to reflect back on this in his conversation with, uh, with, with Joshua. He says, you know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. And what it was is all the other people of that generation died in the wilderness. Two people were left that made it, you know, to, to go into the promised land. All right, even Moses, you know, because he struck the rock rather than speak to it, uh, ended up not going in. So you got two people in that whole, all of you came out of it, two people making it in, all right? And that's these two, and they're about to have a conversation. He says, you know the word that the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, his, the condition of your heart for all this stuff, you're going to be an overcomer, you're going to be uh, somebody who, you know, endures and, and, and doesn't give up and doesn't care what the odds are, goes up against it anyways. Let me tell you, um, the condition of your heart is very, very important. He says, it was in my, I, I gave that report as it was in my heart. All right? And um, I'll find it here. Okay, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. That's a key phrase here. I followed the Lord my God fully. How much of my heart, how much of my life, how much of my thinking do I surrender to God and say, God, look, this, this is yours. All right? By the way, God and I went to Disney World. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to make, it, make you think like, you know, like I, I spend my whole day, you know, doing Gregorian chants, okay? You know, it's like, uh, 
You don't know what Gregorian chants are. Okay, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, now, I don't want you to think like I'm a monk who lives in a monastery and, and like basically I live in a cell with a table, uh, a chair, a candle, and, and a book. Okay, I mean, uh, you know, I'm living a full life. So when I talk about surrendering all this thing to God, I don't want you to get this, oh my goodness, that would be so terribly boring kind of, you know, thing. Or, or you know, it, what I want you to understand is that it's like when I'm at Disney World, does, does my heart still belong to the Lord? You know, if I, when, I, when I'm out grocery shopping, you know, if I'm out walking on the track or wherever it happens to be that I am, you know, am I still, you know, I, mean, I went to Z-Bart to get, to get my uh, truck undercoating touched up, all right, because they coated it and, you know, you got to have them do that. And I'm sitting there and like, all these different people are coming in and I'm just saying everyone's got to be an opportunity, you know, so just trying to engage these people, get them talking, you know, praying God turn this conversation to something that's actually going to be fruitful and, and, and valuable, right, because we talked about that last week about being valuable in the things that we talk about with people, all right, and so... You know, how much? You know, he says, I, you know, he says, I, I, I get, he says, I, I follow the Lord my God fully, fully. You know, and there's incompleteness, all right? So, he says that, um, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I'm 85 years old. Okay? All right? So, you know, he said, and listen to what he says about being 85 years old. I'm 85 years old, ready to retire. Please don't ask me to do anything. No, it isn't what he says at all. He says, and now, behold, I am 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as I was on the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Give me some of that, right? You know, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know he wasn't saying he doesn't have any aches and pains. I think what he's trying to say is, you know something? I have not allowed myself to go. I've kept myself in a condition where this word can be fulfilled, that God, you know, they can give me this land and, and I'll go get it. You know, and I think we got some people that I've seen on the property pulling out tree stumps by the roots where they come along. We won't say who they are exactly, but, uh, but th they were 85, you know, I mean, he was at one of those 85, the other one I got to be, you know, it's not, no. But anyways, so she's much younger, you know. So anyways, but the, you know, there, I, there are some people, you know, I mean, I, and I, I saw one of them and they, they had a whole that come along and they got it like this and they're leaning back like this and they're getting ready to yank this, this tree out and everything like that. They got it like this and I, I looked at them and I thought, I don't, do you really want my help? I don't know. And he says, you want my help? Yeah, get over here. You know? So the tree was pulled out of the thing and I was pop, like this, you know, and the, the tree stumbled like this and I thought, and they go, yeah. So he said, yeah, wow, you know, and I'm thinking about, you know, whenever I meet somebody like that, excuse me, I got to run back here. <laughs> Excuse me, i got to get past you. Sorry. I say, come on now. I say, come on now. I say, give me some of that. <laughs> you, know, you know, because, you know, I'm like 62, and that seems old to some of you, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, when I'm 85, I want some of that, you know. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen some 85s, you know, that you know, kind of gave up on it and mostly just kind of sit in the chair and stuff. That's not the life I want at all. Not at all. Nick Glomick, for people that might remember Nick Glomick, he was like 80 years old, he was a volunteer team challenge, he'd come in, he'd be so excited because he found something new in the Word of God, he said, hey, Dave, you got to see this, and he's like, what, you know, I think I said, you got something, and he says, yeah, I came across the scripture, and I just realized what it means, and, and, I, and I just go like this, yeah, give me some of that, all right, and, I, and God told me, study old people, he told me that when I was like 21, he told me, study old people, I said, why, he said, because you're going to be one. <laughs> Choose your model now. And 
I started looking at old people, and there's different kinds. You know, there's, there's ones who just got the smile and the you know, little ring of uh, white hair and all that kind of stuff, you know, and then there's, there's ones like this. You know. I said, no, 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 no. You know, and I thought, because, you know, so here's, let's get back to the scriptures. I'm sorry. That was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but we're, we're okay, right? Yeah. So he says, now I'm 85. And he says, and my strength is like it was when this word was given. How many people think that perhaps that he had that word was part of why he kept his strength? Because he had a promise. He had a promise. He didn't get this land. And he's thinking, I'm 80, didn't get the land yet. You know, my mom said one of these days I'm going to shoot up and be as tall as the other kids. You know, I'm still waiting, you know. But, uh, you know, but there's times when you get a word that you know it's from God. You know, that was my mom trying to encourage me, you know, because I kept bumping into people's hips and stuff. You know, but, you know, but, you know, but you get this word and you know it's from God. And you're saying, I got to keep myself ready to do it. All right? Okay, I got to keep myself ready to, 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 to do this thing. All right, so let's see. I'm still as strong as I was at David. Was, I mean, okay, my strength as it was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and for coming in. Now then, give me this hill country. Or if you like the King James, give me that mountain. All right? So give me that. Give me, yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm not used to working with PowerPoint at all. You know, so anyways, thank you, Kurt, for being on top of it. All right, so... He says, give me that mountain, give me that hill country, all right? He says, now give me that, this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were there, all right? And that's those big guys, all right? With great fortified cities, perhaps. Now, there's an interesting word we've got to get back to. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. Perhaps. Peradventure. Maybe. Okay, here's the thing. Sometimes we study great people of the faith, and here's what we think. We think, well, they had it different than me. See, because I got doubts, I got things, I'm not so sure, and everything like that, but they were just, they had it all figured out, and they were just, how many of you realize that these people had the same doubts and concerns, and they were like, they didn't know. A lot of times, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, bow down. And they said, no, sorry, God, you know, we're not going to do that. You know, they bring before the king, he says, look, I said, I, he's, the king says, I know this is just a mistake. Now, so just bow down now, and we'll just forget it all, because otherwise you're going to throw you into the fiery furnace, okay? And anyways, and they heated the fiery furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Okay, 451 is the temperature at which paper burns, so seven times that, you know, we're talking like 3,000 degree furnace, all right? So and we're going to toss you in there. And, and anyways, and you know what they say? They say, okay, look, uh, our God's able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But if not, but if not, we still aren't going to bow down and worship that image. Wow. So sometimes when you go out and you're going to do something for God, you don't always know. You know I have a friend right now, he's over in Turkey going to the churches, okay, where they're winning all, all the Muslims to Christ over there. And uh, anyways, and uh, I'm going for the idea that some people in that country are not very happy about that, but he's over there showing the, ch the churches. And I said, before I left, I said, I says, you know that uh, they're you know, doing stuff over there, right? He goes, hey, he says, I've already prayed this through. I've sought the Lord. He says, if I die, I die. He says, I have to go because God is calling me. He does not know if he'll make it back. There are times when God calls you to do something. You don't know everything, all right? And that's where this whole issue of faith comes in, you know, overcoming faith. The, you know, this faith that's to overcome, basically, when it gets to the part you don't know, you keep going anyway. Because you don't know. Perhaps, you know, we are sort of spiritual optimists, are we not? Okay, I mean, it's, you know, we, we need to be. You know, that place, he says, perhaps the Lord will be with me and I'll drive them out. 
okay? I go for the idea that Cam's a pretty good warrior, tough guy and everything like that, probably sling a rock, sling a spear, you know, handle a shield like nobody's business, you know. But nonetheless, he's going up against something like three times his size, and a city full of them who built a city the way they can build them. Uh, yeah, okay, so big people, and that's what he's going up against. So Joshua blessed him. This is now Joshua going to bless uh, uh, Caleb, and gave him Hebron. Uh, he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord, God of Israel, fully. Fully. You know? And can I just tell you that fully is, a, is kind of an unfolding, progressive revelation. You know, when I first got saved, you know, pursuing God fully meant I gave up smoking and drinking. You know, hallelujah, man, I was on fire for Jesus. You know, um, you know yesterday, you know, uh, it, it was a whole other set of things that, that I had to face up to, okay? What does it mean to, to follow him fully? Well, I, I have a definition that I've been working with, which is that you don't say no. God calls you, you say yes. God says this is the way it is, you say yep. All right, and, and you just surrender to that and say, God, okay, your way, and, and, and let me walk in it, all right? Now, the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Okay, then the land had rest from war. Now, let's look at Caleb here for a minute because we're, we're going to be spending a little time, I think, with overcoming. Caleb followed the Lord fully, and he was blessed for it. Okay, the greatest blessing comes when we follow him fully, when we devote ourselves fully, you know, uh, you know, when you, when you actually leave the cell phone in the other room and you pray. Okay. Okay. So, no, okay, I mean, I'm just saying, but it's, you know, when you just, when you just give him the full measure, you know, I remember one time one of my adopted girls, we went out to lunch and, you know, I kept getting a little eh, 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 on the phone, I kept checking it, and finally she, she just said, Dad, I said, yeah, she says, can I ask you to do something? She says, sure, anything, honey. She says, can you turn that off? She says, I feel like you're only half here, you know? And I mean, if my adopted daughter can say this, I'm going for the idea, sometimes God feels that way with us, you know. How much of us does he really have? You know, I mean, let's, let's, let's get real here. So Caleb was an overcomer. He knew it. He's like, he's been keeping himself ready. He says he knew it, and he was ready for the fight throughout the course of his whole life. He did not know the day on which the promise was going to come to pass. Because he had to be ready every day. I'm going for the idea that when he went to the grocery store, he took his sword and shield. And they didn't have grocery stores. Okay, but I'm just saying that I'm guessing he was pretty much ready any time. Okay, because he didn't know. It could be on Thursday. Might not even be on a Sunday, you know. I mean, God could show up and, 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 and this could be the time. And you don't want to be the person who misses that moment. Now, is God loving and faithful? We give you another moment, perhaps. But wait a minute, that, that was the moment. You know, and I go back sometimes to that, that one where, you know, I've been praying for three years uh, for Kaylee Poulton's uh, mom because she was always on the news, you know, looking for her little girl, and I'm praying for her, praying for her, praying, God, I know, put Christians around her, and, you know, and, and have people witness to her and everything like that. And then God drops her in my lap to witness to her, and I blow the opportunity. You know, I, I did. You know, I don't want to just talk to you about, you know, successes. It's nice to talk about her successes, you know, but, you know, I failed. I failed. And I'm driving home because I had a lousy attitude. I was tired. I was sweaty. I was just, I didn't even want to be there. You know, and anyways, I'm driving home, and, I'm re and then all of a sudden, the conviction of the Holy Spirit just drops on me. And it's like, how long did you pray for her? And I gave you the opportunity. You know, and I realized I blew it. And I just started to weep. Now, I'm not a weepy guy, you know, but, I mean, but that, 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 that hit. And, I, and I, I just pulled the car over, and I just said, God, all I can say is that I promise you, if you give me another opportunity, I won't blow the, I won't blow the second one. And uh, so anyways, a couple weeks later, they found that little girl's body, 
And uh, the, you know, I'm watching it on the news, and you know, I think it was Andy Maloney or something like that, and uh, you know, giving the announcement. Anyways, and, and word comes to me, he says they're going to call you, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sure they're very impressed with me. You know, it's like you know, and sure enough, doesn't the phone ring? Like a few minutes later, I pick it up, and this this lady who introduced me to to Kaylee's mom, and she says, yeah, yeah, she kind of feels like you're her pastor, and she wants you to you know come and help her with this. And so I mean, God gave me another opportunity. God will give you another opportunity. But that doesn't mean like, well, I can blow a few opportunities because God will always give me more. Be careful. Don't play God like that, all right? He's God, okay? You can play me like that once in a while, and I just have to smile because I've done it too. But, you know, but God's never done that to you, so don't play it with him, all right? So he kept himself strong for the fight that would be necessary. All right? The best things that God has for you probably aren't going to come without a fight. Now, that fight might, might not be with your fists, but, I mean, probably there's something you're going to have to work through for the best things that God has for you to do. I'm going for the idea that my brother that's over in Turkey had to fight through a bit of fear, uh, had to fight through a bit of family saying, let's not, no, that, you, go, go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, there's some churches over here you could go to, you know. I'm sure he had to fight through some stuff to, to do what he's doing today. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I don't know what it is you're going to have to fight through, but keep yourself strong for that fight, you know. You know, Mila, I think of you, you know, I mean, it's, my goodness, I mean, you, you started off in Ukraine as a little girl, you know, and you came here, and then all the different things that you've been through, and now you're going through this physical pain with your back, and Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name for her, Lord, that you'd heal uh, that pain that she's suffering, and uh, Lord, that you'd help her, Lord, as she uh, is keeping herself strong, uh, Lord, for the things that you have for her to do, uh, Lord, raising those children for you, uh, being a witness for you. And, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, to understand that you, you don't know, you don't know, you know, you can't give, you can't give up, you can't lay down, you can't say, well, I've done enough already. You know, Elijah tried that one, right? Ended up in the cave and what's God say? What are you doing in there? Get out of here. <laughs> He's like, I still got a lot for you to do, you know? And, uh, and so we're called to be like Jacob, overcomers in every season of life. Right, Jake, he's 85, folks. He's been through the other seasons, okay? And he's, he's arrived here, and he's still walking with the Lord fully. All right? Jesus is the source of the courage to overcome because he overcame the world, all right? And this is over in John 16, 33. These things I spoke accord, you may, with one voice, glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes that's individual. Sometimes that's corporate. You know, I, I, I know that, where'd she go? Michelle, where are you at? I miss, I, it's the bifocals, I know. There you are. Okay, yeah. So anyways, Sometimes that, that, that first aid kit is individual. Sometimes it's corporate. Sometimes you need everything in that box. Sometimes you just need the Band-Aids, okay? Uh, but even when you just need the Band-Aids, it's good to have the whole kit with us because, and so it's like that thing where you're serving, there's times when it's just so individual. You know, there's times when it's so corporate. But even when it's individual, please don't, don't be alone. And that's why we push past Sarah's reserves and say, look, we, we need to encourage and bless you because she doesn't know today, I don't know today, the moment that may come where discouragement tries to come up and get her and God's able to take, you know, this moment that she didn't like and say, you know, here's what it was for, you know, is to help you now. You know, I want you to understand, you know, uh, that, you know, that, that I'm, I'm watching. You know, if the church is watching, understand, they, they, they're, they're, they're a small sound compared to what's going on inside of me over you, you know. And so, you know, so we exemplify this, okay. The fellowship helps us, okay. These stories, that, and, and our stories are important. All right, here's something this is from Psalm 78, uh, and I'm going to just skip around a little bit, but it says that uh, he's talking about the stories of what God has done. And he says, and the psalmist says this, we will not conceal those stories from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. All right, that the generation to come may know 
that the generation to come will know. They have to hear these stories. My grandmother would say to my grandfather, he's already heard that story. I said, let him tell it again. You know, this generation to come may know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children these stories, okay? That they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart. See? Caleb. He prepared his heart for a lifetime waiting for the moment. And he's saying, that generation, they did not prepare its heart, and, and at least not in the right way, and, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. All right, Caleb kept his strength to the end. Us too, okay? The very value of an old story is this, okay? Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. You know, we are farther down the pike towards the second coming of Christ. We are farther down the pike to the end, you know, when God finally brings everything to a culmination. And as we are approaching this time, <coughs> this buildup of stories of what God has done is there to encourage us, but we have to know the stories, what they say, what they mean, and how it applies, and then keep it in our hearts so that we'll be able and, and, and desirous to, to follow him fully. All right, and so we're going to wrap up with this. It is his strength that keeps us, okay? It is in his strength that we are kept. This is 1 John 4, 3 through 4, and then we're going to pray and, and, and I'm going to let you go be the church, all right? And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus, excuse me, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God, all right? This is the spirit of, of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now it is already in the world. And he said, look, you know, this opposition to what God is wanting to do in you. It has been in the world since the time that the scriptures were written and it's here today. There is something in the world that would love to tell you, look, all that, don't do it. Oh, no, that's not true. A you know, hundred different ways of trying to get you separated from this word that would empower you to do the things that God has for you to do. And this is what the, the word of God says to that. You are from God, little children, and you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If there was ever a scripture that every believer needs to know once they get past John 3.16, it's to understand something. That, he, that, you know, by grace through faith, he is in me. Jesus Christ abides in me. His Holy Spirit lives in me. His Holy Spirit works in me. We just spent, you know, 17, it's not 18, but it was actually 17 weeks, um, you know, just studying this whole thing about him wanting to empower that gift that was in us. Every one of us has this gift in us, and he desires to empower it by his presence, by his spirit in us. Okay, and he says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, this spirit of Antichrist, this thing that would love to oppose you and stop you, to discourage you to the place where you give up, to say, well, not that one, I'm not going to bother. You know, what if I just miss one? You know, I know Sarah struggles whenever they get, they get a deployment, and it, to say no, I was just so proud of you because it was like, I thought it was, I know how hard it is when it's the right time to say no to say no. But why? Because there's this, this, I don't want to miss the one that's the one. You know, that there's this, this opportunity where maybe, you know, that's something that God has put in me is, is exactly what they need. I want to be there when that moment comes. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast brought to you every week by Henrietta Christian Fellowship located at 1085 Middle Road in Rush, New York. If you have a prayer request or a need, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please send us an email at henriettacf at gmail.com. 
That's HenrietteCF at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and God bless.